Well, good morning, Crossroads. So great to see you guys here today on Father's Day. We are looking at the beautiful tudes, the beatitudes, uh, because attitude is everything, and attitudes can change our lives. Now, they don't always change our circumstances, and in honors of, Fa of Father's Day, I wanted to show a meme, uh, and a little bit of background. It's a Bible nerd meme, uh, so in order to get it, you know a little bit of background. The book of Galatians in your New Testament was written uh, to the church in Galatia. They were trying to figure out what Jewish customs they needed to keep in order to be a follower of Jesus, and... Uh, and so they decided that uh, in that letter, you didn't have to keep all the Jewish laws of eating. Uh, thank God for that. And, uh, or keep even the circumcision of the Jewish people. And uh, so anyway, that's the background you need to know. And then when the letter came, explain that. Here's the meme. And that makes me laugh every time. Uh, I mean, his face, that posture is the epitome of disgust. If I ever wanted to look at what disgust is, uh, that's it. And so uh, maybe, maybe you have felt the attitude of disgust. Listen, you can't always control the circumstances and what's happening in your life, but you can always control your attitude. And so that's what these teachings of Jesus in Matthew 5 are all about. Today, we're going to look at the attitude of meekness, meekness. And if you're like me, you don't like that idea of meekness. You don't like that word. It rhymes with weak. And, and I think there's a correlation. I, in my mind, at least, maybe I'm the only one, but uh, in my mind that weakness and meekness have something in common. Uh, and it's, it's like, well, if Jesus said I need to be meek, then I guess I will be meek, even though I don't like it. And I'll put it in that category under that folder of things that I don't like about being a follower of Jesus, but I guess I'll put up with them. Uh, but I got good news for you today. Meekness does not mean weak. So let's look at the passage and let's dive into God's word together. It says, Blessed are the meek, Jesus said, for they will inherit the earth. Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, what does blessed mean? Let me just remind you, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but blessed literally means happiness, to be happy. But this blessedness, this happiness, isn't the happiness we find in the circumstances of life. This, this happiness isn't dependent on everything working out and, and going in our favor all the time. That this happiness that comes from holiness and godliness, that the good life is found in what Jesus offers. The good life is not found in what this world offers. And it, it fails to deliver on the promise of giving you happiness here. Now, I don't know how you online shop. I apparently am not a very good online shopper because I have never gotten a package of something I've ordered and thought, man, this looks better than what I thought I got. This is better quality. This is nicer than what I ordered. No, the picture on the, on the screen is always better than the product in the box. And I remember we ordered a, a chair for our living room and man, we're like, oh, it looks so comfortable. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be my chair. We're fighting over whose chair it's gonna be. And, and, the, and it comes, of course, in a box and we put it all together and it's an awesome chair mini sized. It's like for little people and it, it doesn't fit me quite right. So anyway, uh, it just wasn't up to snuff. It didn't meet my expectations. You know what? In this life, we're told that happiness is found in an experience, that happiness is going to be found in a relationship, that happiness is going to be found in success, that happiness is going to be found in our possession, that happiness is going to be found in a product or a lifestyle of ease or any number of things that the world claims, and they just don't deliver. 
You know, at University in New Jersey, I read in, a, in an article recently, they actually have started a master's program in the arts of happiness. They're literally, they're studying the, the idea of well-being. And you know what that tells us? Is this world recognizes that happiness is a fleeting thing and people are having trouble finding it. So let me just ask you, are you genuinely happy? Or how many genuinely happy people do you truly know? God says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. He's saying there's happiness to be found and it's in him. And God will deliver in that happiness. So he says it's in finding meekness. And so let's talk about meekness. If it isn't being weak, then what does it mean to be meek? See, the word actually means a blend of, of strength and poise, spiritual strength and spiritual poise. Then Jesus calls himself uh, that he is weak, or I'm sorry, he is meek or gentle and lowly in heart in Matthew chapter 11. And listen, if anybody wasn't weak, it was Jesus. If anybody had the strength of God spiritually and fleshed out in his life, it would have been Jesus. And his strength caused him to patiently endure. That's what meekness means. The strength given by God, the pressure can you take before you quit? See, if you're full of meekness, that answer is I can, I can take a little bit more. I can take it a little bit longer. I can keep going. I, in the strength of Jesus, I, I won't quit today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to endure patiently knowing that one day it's going to be different. See, the meek still feel pressure. The meek still feel squeezed. They still feel suffering. They still, they still feel all the emotions that everyone else feels, but they keep going. And so Jesus says, blessed are the meek. We often quote a, a verse in Philippians 4.13. It says, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we take that verse and the world even takes that verse and says, hey, that means I can climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or I'm going to win this game or we're going to win this tournament or we're going to win the championship because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or I can do anything I set my mind to. The world's at my feet. I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. And they quote that verse. But the context of that verse is Paul suffering in prison and he writes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, meaning God can give me to the strength to endure another day of suffering. God will in me can give me the strength and the poise to not lash out in anger, to not lose hope, not to change my attitude, to patiently and quietly endure the circumstances I find myself. We see the same concept all throughout scriptures, but one example is, is in the life of David. And we're gonna read a Psalm or part of it he wrote in Psalm 37, it says this. It says, do not fret because those who are evil or be envious of those who are doing wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. 
For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. That sounds familiar. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. Listen to this. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. God is saying, listen, when evil people prosper, when wickedness is running rampant, when you find yourself being destroyed, when, when you, what you love is being destroyed, when, when you think God's not uh, concerned anymore, these are the instructions God gives in that passage. Twice he says, do not fret. He says, trust in the Lord. He says, take delight in God. He says, be still. Now, why would God give these instructions? They seem so passive. We, the reason is he's saying, listen, God will fight for you. That we have a God who will fight for you. The wicked will be destroyed. They will not endure forever. What, what's wrong in this world will one day be made right. And God's people, the people of meekness, will inherit the land one day just as God promised and enjoy his promises. Listen, if anybody knew about meekness, it would have been David. If anybody had learned what it meant to be strength under control and poised and patiently enduring, it was David. He was anointed as a, as a young man to become king of Israel. And that promise was made. And for years, he waited for that promise to be fulfilled while King Saul ruled the land. And he was not a good king. In fact, King Saul tried to kill David on multiple occasions. King Saul was, was leading Israel away from God. And then twice God had delivered Saul into David's hands where David could have killed Saul and taken his place as king and fulfilled all that God promised. And yet he would not lay a hand on Saul. And he said, listen, it's not according to my timeline. It's not my doing to remove this king. When God so chooses it to happen, then and only then will, will I move forward on God's promise. I will patiently endure till God fights my battle for me, till God comes through for me, till God makes a way. Wow, what a picture of meekness. That is what meekness looked like. Controlled strength, strength to endure. Listen, I don't know what you're going through, but when you feel like you can't take it anymore, God says, turn to me, trust in me. Understand I've got all the strength you need to endure another day. When the bad guys are winning, you need God more than ever. You need meekness. See, if you and I will learn to trust God in those moments and trust God that happiness isn't found in finding fulfillment in this life, but trusting God that we don't, we don't take action apart from his will, that we, don't, that we don't try to control the situation and fix, fix the situation and always feel like we are the ones making things happen, but trusting in God and his timing, then we'll learn the secret of meekness. In fact, here's your here takeaway for the day. Happiness is a result of trusting God. It's so simple. But happiness is found in trusting God. It's not in trying to manipulate circumstances or trying to always make them work out where we find fulfillment in our circumstances, but, but trusting God in the good times or the bad. Because we believe he's a God who loves us, sovereignly working things out. Even when your boss is a jerk, he says, be meek. He says, even when your finances don't make sense, be meek. Even if people were to take advantage of you, be meek. So I'm not sure what you're going through today, but the, but the reality is you're probably patient, patiently enduring something. And God says, listen, I know, I know, I know. And he's also asking, can you trust me?
Can you trust me? So I'm not proposing that we don't ever do anything to protect ourselves or set boundaries in place or, or take action. No, we might need to do all those things in certain situations, but the attitude, remember this is about attitude, the attitude we take, even if we take action, is an attitude of meekness that we don't, that we don't engage in our action in, in haughtiness or anger or pride, but in humility and not in our strength, but in God's strength to patiently endure. Um, one of our members had a situation where a couple of family members were in trouble. So she invited them to, to come live with her and, and help them get on their feet. And, and in the process of that, her neighbor noticed that were more adults living in, in her place. And so, uh, and she was renting. And so the neighbor ratted her out to the landlord and said, listen, there's other people living there. And that was grounds for eviction. And so the landlord evicted our member because there was extra people in the, in the, in the, um, in the apartment. And I said, well, what are you going to do about that? I mean, how do you feel about your neighbor? She says, it, it wasn't going to do any good going after my neighbors. Like, what do I gain from getting angry at them or being vindictive towards them or trying to get even with them? The only thing I gain is an enemy. But what she gains from meekness by quietly enduring that suffering is peace of mind, is happiness that you couldn't find going the other route. So you can't put a price on the calm, trusting, abiding, satisfying presence of God to know that he is working all things for our good. Now, let me say a word to fathers since it's Father's Day. I don't know uh, if you see this, but I, it seems like men either tend to two extremes. Either we're pushers or we're pushovers. We either tend to apply too much pressure to people around us, and especially our family and our kids, or, or we don't apply any pressure. We just kind of go with the flow and we never, we never try to uh, do anything to, to better our, our situation. Listen to what Ephesians 6, 4 says. It says, fathers... Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the knowledge and instruction of the Lord. So God's saying, listen, clearly you fathers, you, if you're a single mom, you are need to, you're the one that needs to set the tone spiritually in your home. You are to be the pace setter. There is to be some amount of pushing in, in that you want to raise your kid and learn about Kelly manner and help them grow and learn about Christ and learn about morality and learn about character and, and put those things in their life. But as we push a little, we can't be too harsh or too hard. I was cutting a piece of um, plexiglass a while back, helping with Project Woe, and, and we only had so many pieces, and so we couldn't break too many of them. And, and sure enough, as we started to cut with the jigsaw, we would break a piece. And we realized if we didn't push very hard, it, it wouldn't go anywhere, and it would actually help break it up. And, and if you put, obviously if you push too hard, the, the, the stuff just shattered and broke everywhere. There was sort of a fine line between not pushing hard enough and pushing too hard in order to cut that piece of, of plexiglass and make it useful. And that, that's a picture of what we are to be in our homes as, as spiritual leaders. Uh, someone who pushes, but not too hard. In fact, that word exasperate in that passage says, fathers don't exasperate your children. It means to provoke them to anger. And here's, I'm gonna give you a list. Here's how you can provoke your kids to anger. As you lose your temper, as you discipline them in anger, 
as you have sudden mood changes, when you have inconsistency in standards and one day this is wrong and the other day you let it slide. When you have uneven standards and one thing's okay for this child, but another thing's okay for the other. When you play favorites like that. When you have too high of expectations and they never can please you and you never say, hey, well done. When you never say, I'm so proud of you. When, I'm never, when you never say, hey, that was awesome. I'm, so, I'm just so thankful for you and I, I would choose you as my kid. Them to anger. When you're being harsh just because you're being annoyed. When you're disciplining your kids for any of the reasons I just listed, instead of and only because they are deliberately doing wrong, you're going to exasperate them. Fathers, mothers, meekness is needed in the home, isn't it? To patiently endure as a parent. To have strength under control. To trust God for the outcome of your kids. To push, but not to push too hard. Let's go back to, the t uh, to another passage now. I want you to understand in the first century Jewish Christian existence, so in the first century that, that, that believers and they were Jewish, they, they understood uh, what it meant to suffer. They had a lot of things going against them because if a Jewish person became a follower of Jesus Christ, they were ostracized from their family. They were kicked out of the family business and they were no longer heirs to the family land. They knew what it meant to suffer for following the name of Jesus. And James in his book is writing to those people and he says this in chapter five, he says, be patient then brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting, there it is again, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another brothers and sisters or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door, brothers and sisters. As an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. You know what God is saying? God says, I know, I know, I know what you're going through. I see it. I'm not unaware. And there will be a day, a day will come where it will end. It just isn't today. Endure. In fact, I love how verse 10 phrases this. It says, patience in the face of suffering. Listen, if there was a biblical definition for meekness, this is it. Can I tell you, if you're insistent that God do for you when you want him to do for you, and you, you want it right now, you're always always going to struggle with meekness. See, God isn't working on our timeline. God didn't work on the timeline of David. God didn't work on the timeline of the prophets. Many of them died, even though they had not seen the fulfillment of what they preached. God didn't work on Job's timeline. And so if God didn't work on all their timelines, maybe he's got his own timeline. And so why do we think that we are the exception and he's going to work on ours? God said, be like the farmer, be patient, do the hard work now, sow the seed, work the land, and you're going to reap the benefits of it later. Show meekness now, patiently wait, and you're going to see me come through in the end. See, the farmer doesn't look at an empty field and say, hey, why has God forsaken me? Why has God let me down? Why is there no crops there? He looks at the empty field and he says, I know 
the harvest is coming. It's coming. It's on the way. It's just not here yet. Because we have a God, listen to this, we have a God who finishes what he starts. That means the work that he started in your life through Jesus Christ, he's gonna bring it through to the day of completion and he will finish the good work that he has in your life. He will finish it. This is why the narrow path of Matthew 7, remember the, the broad path that led to destruction and the narrow gate that led to life? That's why this narrow path is so hard because we're not always living for the benefits in this life or in the moment. It may be down the road and it may be in eternity that the payoff is coming. Can I tell you, if you're trying to make this life and every moment in this life make you happy, you will miss out on happiness. But if you live and trust in God moment by moment, you will find happiness in the moments of life, even when it's difficult. And you can find the happiness that comes from God in eternity because you've learned to trust in him. See, happiness, happiness, what we all want is a result of trusting in God. Right in the moment. So we have to fix our eyes, not on what's happening right in the moment. Sometimes we've got to fix our eyes on what is not yet. See, our situation may not have changed, but God has the final say in our situation. And we don't live in the past knowing that we can look forward to God's deliverance one day. We can know that the payoff is coming. It just hasn't come yet. That God is close to returning like this passage said. He just hasn't come back yet. That judgment is coming and the wicked and those who have wronged us will one day have to stand in account before God. But that judgment hasn't come yet. We know that as followers of Christ, there's a reward that we'll receive and it's coming. It just isn't ours yet. Yet. Yet, if you don't hear anything else, just, just hang on to the word yet. God, I know you're gonna come through. I can trust you. It isn't here, but it's coming. Not yet. So friends, I just challenge you to fix your minds on the not yet. Just because we can't see it, just because we can't taste it and touch it, it doesn't mean it isn't real. It is absolutely real. And you and I can be confident in a God who will, do, who will come through. The meek will inherit the earth. That is a promise of God that you and I, as we patiently endure, that there will be so much blessing on the other side of the suffering. You and I can trust in our God, regardless of what we're going through. Let me leave you with one final verse. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, therefore we do not lose heart. Though inward, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighing, but what is unseen, on the not yet. But for what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My prayer for each one of us that we would fix our eyes on the not yet, on, one, on the unseen, on what is to come, that our focus in this life can be on a God that we can trust. And regardless of what this world throws at us or says that can offer, that our trust is not in this life and in these rewards, but it is in a God who does promise we inherit the earth. And his promises always come true. Can you trust him in the struggle today? Can you trust him to patiently endure? Can you trust him to give you strength for another day? 
today. And let me just ask you before we pray, have you ever trusted him with your life? Not your situations, not your finances, not things going on in your life, but have you ever trusted God and, and happiness is found in trusting God, not simply with your circumstances, but with yourself, with your life and say, God, I need you to find fulfillment. I need Jesus to become a reality in my life. Maybe that's your decision today. Let's pray. And so Heavenly Father, we just recognize that we can trust you. Maybe that's a hard thing for someone to pray this morning, but, but your step of faith today, we say, God, even though I don't see the outcome, I don't see the end of it, I, I'm gonna choose to trust you today. And I'm gonna believe that you, when you say happiness is a result of trusting you, I'm gonna just keep trusting you until I have a breakthrough and find contentment in my situation. Father, I pray for those who are suffering right now that you would, you would be the lifter of the head. You'd be the renewer of their spirit. God, even though the outside might be by being suffering, God, the inside would be renewed and you give them all the strength and all the poise, not just to endure, but to find happiness in the enduring. And Father, I pray for the person or persons in this room or watching online that they've prayed and they've offered other things to you, but they have never offered themselves to you. And today would be the day they say, God, I come to you and all I have is me. And, and I need you to come and be a part of my life. I recognize my sin. My rebellion to you has separated me from you. Yeah, but I believe Jesus Christ is my payment, my full payment before you to be found a, uh, be found not guilty. And so I place my faith in Jesus, not, not, not just my stuff, but, but my whole life, my soul, my eternity in the hands of Jesus, believing his resurrection proves that he will one day resurrect me. And I put my trust in him. Father, we give you thanks that we can trust you. You are a trustworthy God. You're a God who finishes what he starts. And we give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen.